Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, we have Stephen Christopher. On today's show, we're going to talk about the journey Stephen took in business. And you know, he wasn't quite an entrepreneur at the beginning. He had worked for a couple people. He was a liquor rep. He uh, worked and did some marketing. And then he finally realized, I mean, he, he first believed he... Uh, was looking at self-development and books and he didn't really didn't believe in the woo and all these people are talking about how to have success. He thought it was all bullshit. And then he actually did jump into it and you'll see how it changed his life and his business and his success and how it led him to what he was doing. He started his own marketing company, ended up being the fastest, two years in a row, fastest growing company um, in Colorado. And then from there, uh, we talk about some of his failures he's had, what he's learned and then we go into websites. And this is interesting for me because my new website's coming out and I got some advice when I was picking his brain. But how do you get your website to convert? How do you get it to convert to sales? And we walk through some of the things he does with his clients to make his websites really convert, to get a lot of people to the page, to build up your email list and everything else. And then we go into the psychology of an entrepreneur, how they think, uh, what makes them tick, how they become successful, how him and I have become successful and the things we live by, some of the principles of Think and Grow Rich. I really like this show. I really do. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the story he told. and You'll see the transition of how Stephen, in his life, how he wasn't so confident at the beginning. He was unsure in his journey, but then that switch clicked. And then all of a sudden, just that overnight success came and his business were booming and he really understood life and the principles of it. So. This can be a lot of fun. Let's jump right into it with Stephen Christopher. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, we have Stephen Christopher. How's it going, buddy? Hey, it's going great, man. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. I really appreciate it. You know, it's I'm excited to learn your story and the failures you've had, the successes you've had, uh, having the fastest growing company, talking about the real estate market, and then also talking about how entrepreneurs tick, what makes drives them and uh, goes through in their, their life and business. So I always start the show by having you take me back where you first got started as a young entrepreneur, whether you were in high school, college, Take me back to their early years and how it led you to where you are today. Yeah, man. Um, so when I was about 14 years old, I started my first real business. I mean, I did the whole lawn cutting thing when I was really young. But when I was about 14, I started a mobile car wash or like a mobile auto detailing service. And um, that's about the time I realized that, hey, I'm a pretty good salesperson because I was 14. I couldn't drive. So I can't go to somebody's house and truly be mobile. So I convinced people to drive their car to my house for a mobile car detailing business. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that went really well. And uh, 
it was uh, it was interesting. So my parents looked at it. So my parents are both, you know, get a job, work forever, retire, and then go do the stuff that you want to in life, right? And you know, they did the best that they could as far as that knowledge that they were trying to train me with. Well, so they, um, you know, they kind of saw it as like this cute little thing that gave me some money to be able to buy a car when I was sixteen and then help save for college. And so when I got ready to go to college, they um, they were like, okay, cool, like you had fun with your little business. Like now it's time to, to get real, like get ready, like go to college, get to, you know, get to work. And so, um, I just shut it down, not even knowing that there was true value in that, that I had actually grown a business. Yeah. So, you know, so that's when I really started my first, uh, my first business. And over the course of college, you know, I kind of got that same story of, all right, well, you know, get your four year degree, like start looking for a career, um, graduated from college, went to work for a large financial firm as a stockbroker in the 401k department and quickly realized that that was not for me. And, you know, I'd get these headaches driving work every day, get headaches at work, headaches after work. Like, it's like, man, this just doesn't feel right. And my parents and everybody's just telling me like, oh, you know, you'll get used to it, put in your time. And I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, I tried that a little longer. And finally, after a year of that, I was like, look, this just sucks. And so, so I quit, I moved down to the Caribbean. I lived in St. Thomas for a year. Um, kind of just, just had a little bit of fun and, and actually ended up making better money down there anyway. Um, but then, uh, then realized if I had stayed in St. Thomas much longer, I was going to be pretty much an alcoholic bum that, you know, worked (laughs) 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 that, uh, you know, I I had a decent job. I had one of the best jobs on the Island. Um, I was actually a liquor rep, Nice, but it it caps out. Right. And and I I didn't have enough of an entrepreneurial uh, kind of mindset yet that I was capable of starting a business to do it on such a small Island that was so tight knit. So I was like, all right, I got to go back to the U S and figure out something. I, I know I'm capable of way more than this. And I know I'm capable of doing it myself. So you came back to the U.S. after doing the liquor rep, which, by the way, that'd be a fun job. I mean, I, I could see where you'd be in the bar quite a bit. And, I mean, you would live that nightlife because that's kind of consistent. I have a friend that does that as well. Um, but what was it like? So you came back to the U.S. What happened then? What was your big step forward to your entrepreneurial journey? journey? Yeah, so when I came back to the U.S., um, I, I landed a job with Coors because it was just an easy connection. Um, and did that for a short amount of time until I met my, what was to be my, my partner in a mortgage company. I'd never done mortgages or anything like that, but you know, this is like 2005 or so, 2006, whatever, when everybody's making money in the mortgage industry and, uh, met this guy, he kind of showed me the ropes and mortgage and said, Hey, I'm starting a company. Come work for me. I was like, sure. Like, you know, this whole working for a big corporation thing, isn't that ideal, so went and started working with him over the course of the first few months. He just slowly started giving me percentages of the company because, you know, I wasn't making a ton of money and I wanted to be a business owner. And so eventually I ended up owning 50% of that company. And, you know, we had a great time for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome until 2008. And that's when the, uh, well, most people know what happened to the mortgage industry in 2008. <laughs> it went down. What was that yeah, like man, for just, you? It crashed completely. So, um, it, you know, I say overnight I went from successful, profitable business owner to broken in debt. And it's not quite overnight, but really it was over the course of about 72 hours. I mean, I remember when the banks started closing down, the lenders started closing down. We had nowhere to run loans through. Um, we had all these clients that wanted these loans and 
just nowhere to nowhere to run them. And so over the course of 72 hours, we went from having profit and revenue to nothing. And it, yeah, it went down just extremely fast. So, so let's, uh, for the listeners, because I, I really like, I, I think we all should have huge failures in our life. And I've had some big ones that have really made me realize who I am as a person and have a better insight and ground me. So in that 72 hours when you were at that point, like what, what was that like and how did you view things? I mean, what was uh, going through your head at that time? Dude, just so many <clears throat> unknowns, right? Like, like how am I going to pay my rent? You know, how am I going to make money? What am I going to do? And I was still really young in my entrepreneurial journey and I didn't really see, I didn't see how to like pivot that business. And so to me, it was just like a brick wall. It was like, well, I guess this is over. And I started questioning a lot of being an entrepreneur. I was like, man, maybe my parents were right. Maybe I should have stuck it out, you know, being a, a, a stockbroker. And now I would have been, you know, whatever, five or six years in, maybe I would have been a manager. Maybe I'd be making a little bit better money. So there was a lot of questioning going on. Um, if, you know, did I make the right decision a yeah. few years ago? So after that happened, what did you do? What did you do to get back up? Yeah, so um, that's uh, a couple things happened right around that time. Um, one, uh, you know, it took us about 30 days after that to really shut down the mortgage company and finally realize, okay, wait, there is nothing left here. Um, there was a guy in our building that was like, oh, dude, I'll hire you to do sales because I talked to him a bunch. So he hired me for 20 grand a year to do sales with like basically no commissions. And I was like, hey, it's money, man. I'll, I'll take it. So I got something to at least put food on the table. Um, I couldn't pay my rent. I didn't have money to pay rent. I didn't have money to really even all the time put gas in my car. Had to keep the car in the garage so it didn't get repoed. Um, and actually ended up riding my bike sometimes <laughs> to work and stuff. So, you know, that was, uh, that, that was an interesting learning experience. But um, that's also the time when I... I realized that maybe there was truly some value in this personal development stuff. And, you know, in the mortgage industry, in the real estate industry, we had heard all these gurus, right, back in, you know, mid 2000s um, that were like, hey, I'll teach you how to invest in real estate. And I always kind of thought they were full of it. You know, they created these programs just to sell the program. And that's that was their income. Well, well some of them are full of shit, but yeah, <laughs> some true. are. <laughs> Very true. And so I, I thought all of them were, right? So I just thought, okay, that's a business model. You become a guru and that's how you make your money. But really your program is nothing, is nothing. So I kind of thought that same way about the personal development industry. I was like, all oh, right, cool. So these guys are just gurus. They just write books and that's how they make their living. But really the book is shit and it doesn't really matter. It's a bunch of woo-woo stuff. Yeah. And uh, I remember I picked up uh, Jack Canfield and um, I can't remember who the co-author was. But the power of focus, yeah. Um, uh, and and I read it, and I'm like highlighting like mad, like crazy, and I'm like, man, this is like crazy. This is such good stuff. And I actually, it, so I did that, and I implemented zero of it. Um, and then uh, put the book down, and kind of muddled through life for about another year or so. You know, not making a lot of money, uh, and then re picked up that book, and was like, wait a minute, I didn't do any of this stuff that I thought was great. I'm going to actually start doing it. I'm going to get back up. Like it's time to, it's time to start over 
And I, again, like working for somebody else, I was like, ah, oh, shit, like this is not the right place for me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. So, uh, so in the mortgage industry, one of the things that I learned was I learned how to do marketing online. Uh, you know, it was like the invention of SEO, right? Like yeah. we launched this cool website and, uh, I, I was like, all right, we're going to launch this beautiful website and we're going to get so many leads. It's going to be crazy. And we turned the on switch on and nothing happened. So when, so we started searching on this thing called Google about how to get a website ranked. And, um, so I learned that over the course of the mortgage industry. And so what I started doing was taking on a couple little clients as digital marketing clients. So, you know, for like, I think my first client was like 300 bucks a month. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I'll get a little extra money. Me and the girlfriend can go to Mexico every once in a while and I can live a halfway decent quality of life making like 24 grand at the time from my, my job. Um, so that kind of snowballed. And then uh, mm. a friend of mine was in a similar situation. He's like, dude, he's like, I get this stuff too. Let's, let's get a couple clients and then we'll do this at night and it'll snowball from there. So that, uh, that actually picked up pretty quick and, you know, three or four clients turned into five and 10 and 20 and 30. And, you know, that's how I started my first digital agency. So how did you build that up? So in the beginning stages, I mean, that's one thing. A lot of people listening, they have their own uh, nine to five job. <clears throat> and they they may be just thinking about doing their own gig at night and to get the feel for the waters. Um, what what did you guys do to grow that to where it could self sustain itself and be able to pay you both where you could have your own living and not have to work someone for someone else? Yeah, I mean, so a lot of that was actually a lot of that company was word of mouth and referrals, um, which at that time, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of great SEO companies and it was still relatively new. Um, so we were very fortunate that we got a lot of referrals, but we, you know, we got referrals by doing a really good job. Um, and then I, I almost kind of hate to use the word hustle because it's it's used so much. But here's here's something that we did a little bit different, you know. A lot of people talk about, okay, work your nine to five and then work your ass off like, you know, from five o'clock to 10 o'clock every night and work every Saturday and every Sunday. We didn't do exactly that. We were just really intelligent with the decisions that we made. So what I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing when they're in that, that you know, nine to five role and they're trying to start a business is they talk about it all the time. They focus on it all the time. They tell all their friends they're doing it all the time. But they're really not doing the targeted actions that will make the business successful. So pick the like one or two things. If you need clients, then work your ass off for like an hour a day just going to get new clients. If you need to create the business, do it in like two weeks. Don't, don't make it this huge, big process that I see, you know, entrepreneurs get this like badge of honor for working, you know, 95 hours a week. And that's not what it's all about. So I mean, that's my word of caution, I guess, to people that are trying to start a business on the side is, look, be really focused in what you're doing and, and still have fun and still live your life because that will make the business so much better. You know, and I, I like that advice because I really took a lot from, have you ever read the book by Tim Ferriss, 4-Hour Workweek? Yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean... He goes based off of the fact that you can his four hour work week he can get everything done, and you just make sure things can be in place systems to make things go faster. But it really makes me think. I mean, a lot of people, you're right. They're all about the hustle, the grind, and all that. And I mean, I'm always hustling, grinding because I got multiple things going on, and I love what I do. But I work smarter. I used to work 
a hundred hours a week because, and I'd be that person. Oh, I worked over a hundred hours a week, whatever. Like, which is kind of fucking annoying because like people, uh, they talk about how much they work a 40, 50. And I laugh when they say 56 hour work week. It's like, I used to work like a hundred hour weeks, but now like I don't consider hours because I mean, we're always working. Our minds are always going as entrepreneurs and Hey, I might work for four hours in the morning. I might go to the pool for a couple hours. I might come back and work till midnight if I want, but it's doing the right things and working smart. A lot of people don't work smart. And one thing I've learned, and I'm sure you too, is finding people that are experts. Do what you know and what you don't know. Have the experts do and add the value and focus on them things that you're really good at and just crush it. And that's, I mean, one thing for listeners too, like you don't have to work nonstop. You just have to be good at what you do and be very intelligent. Like you said, um, that's always fascinating by me because that's the one thing right now. And you look at Gary Vee and everybody else, it's all about the hustle and the grind, but also it's about working smart. Yeah. It, it, you know, a lot of people, Gary Vee is a perfect example, right? They look at him and they're like, Oh, I just got to hustle all day, every day. But he's making really intelligent decisions with every, I mean, every action he does. And he's 40, is he's 40 years old too. I mean, he's been grinding. I mean, wine library, everything he did with his family business. And I mean, People are in the last couple of years have really seen Gary Vee, and now they're like, "Oh, he's just it worked for him." Like he had to work his ass off. I mean, all mm-hmm. these successful people—they're 40, 50, 60 years old. And by my favorite book by Napoleon Hill, "Think and Go Rich," I say most people don't reach their full success or their huge successes until after 40. So um, it just have patience too. That's another thing. People aren't patient. I mean, hey, I'm not patient, but I know that it doesn't happen overnight. Fucking overnight success is bullshit. It doesn't happen. It's years in the making. Yeah, 10-year overnight success, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. 10-year overnight success. So you had the the company. You're doing SEO. You're helping other clients. So where did that go? Like, where did that take you on that journey? Yeah, I mean, so that took us to um, – that took us really well. We won fastest-growing company in Colorado two years in a row. Uh, one year we were first in our, in our, uh, our revenue flight, and one year we were second. So, I mean, that company really grew and that's, that's when I really started to know, okay, yeah, this whole entrepreneurship thing like is for me and it's actually sustainable. You know, I don't have to have some special talent or, you know, be born into a family of business owners to be able to do this. And that's when I really started to believe in myself a lot more. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I had a, a business partner in that company and as we became successful, our our thought of what we do in the business and in our personal life started to grow um, apart. You know, we had different ideas for what we do. My idea was, you know, you reinvest time, money, everything into the company so that it grows massively. Um, and his was a little bit different than that. You know, he 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 was ready to start living the, uh, I don't know, the you know the entrepreneur lifestyle of. Uh, cool, like my business does stuff and I do other things and it just puts money in my bank account. And there's, you know, truthfully, there's nothing wrong with that if that's the way you want to set your business up. Um, but that's not how I did it. You know, I love business because I love the people that I get to communicate with and the people that I get to help. That's what drives me in business. Um, I don't really care about the money. The money will come. Yep. So, um, so, so as that partnership separated, uh, we, we parted ways in 2014 and I tried to buy the company for a while. It didn't work out. So I ended up selling to him. So in 2014, I had to start all over again. Um, which was interesting because I couldn't take any of our clients or anything like that, but I got to, you know, still work within the industry. 
So 2014, I started the current company, Sequest, and uh, in 2015, our first full year in business, I beat our best year ever at my old company wow. in my first full year in business. And then, then I that just re-backed re up everything that I thought about, okay, cool, I can be an entrepreneur. And it built I your confidence up because, I mean, you did yeah. it yourself. So how, <clears throat> let me, I'm curious, how did you do that? So you went from having a business partner and then starting your own company. What were some of the things you did to build up that company right away? Like, did you have old clients you went to or how did you make yourself different in the industry? How did you stand out in the crowd? Yeah. So what I did is, um, I took, I took about a week or two right after that. And, um, and I, I just sat down and said, okay, what are all the things that I wish my previous business, uh, had done differently, or I wish we had done differently? Like what are the holes, you know, where were the issues? Where were we making our best profits? All that kind of stuff. And I laid out this, you know, very simple, it, it, it definitely was not a business plan, but it was like things that I know I needed to do that were different. Um, and then things that I knew, Hey, we did this and we got, we got kind of big so that it was difficult to change them. So we didn't ever choose to fight and change them, but I don't want to do them in this new business. So that was one of the first things that I did. So I got clarity on what I really wanted this company to be. And so I started with a better picture as opposed to my last company. It was like, I don't know, let's just bring in clients and bring in staff and see what happens. So that clarity was really invaluable. And then, um, then I just hustled to get clients. <laughs> you you <laughs> never hustle, like, you hustle. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, all right, man, this is my focus. I don't care if I have to work 90 hours a week, I got to get clients. Um, and then I based, you know, I was able to get clients based on just network. You know, I, I've, over the years, circle of influence and network is really important. So I just told people that, hey, I'm doing this new thing. Do you know anybody in this area that, that needs an SEO company? And then I just started cold calling, man. So and, and what are some of the services the, uh, that you offer in your company now? Secrets. Yeah, so we're a full-service digital marketing agency. So we do everything from web design and development. Uh, we have a huge focus on conversion for our clients. You know, websites, most people can build a pretty website nowadays, but 99%, yeah, 99% of, of web developers have no clue how to actually make it do something. So we put a lot of focus on that in our web design. And then... Um, all the way to how do you get people to the site? So organic SEO, pay-per-click, social media, um, pretty much any way that you can get people to the site. So let's talk about this because this is really interesting for me. And I, I always love to pick my guest brains. Uh, I hate that, that word because people ask me all the time, can I pick your brain? No, you can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm actually redeveloping. I have like six websites. But the one on BrennanTEvans.com, we're redeveloping in – uh, September 19th, the brand new site comes out. And that's one of the things looking how to convert it highly. I mean, this is episode like 160 something. Um, I'm doing blogs every day. I put a massive amount of content out. Um, and so my, my question to you is what are some tips for people or even myself for creating a new website? How do you get it to convert? How do you build up that email list? How do you get a lot of people to stay on your page for more than a couple of minutes at a time and actually convert the sales? What's your advice on that? Yeah, I mean, the, the most simple advice is add value, right? I mean, solve a problem for the people that are coming to your website. Um, but how we walk clients through it is, look, what's your top one to three objectives of the website? And once you decide what those are, then we build the whole site around that. So many business owners, you know, we're proud of our business, right? Like we're proud of the fact that it's been established since 
whatever, 1934. We're proud of the fact that, you know, uh, Jim and his dad and his grandpa all worked in the business or, you know, we're proud of, you know, whatever, like all the, all the uh, publicity that you've gotten. I mean, we're proud of all that stuff, right? But what a lot of people do is they try to jam all of that down a visitor's throat at once. You know, they got it all over the homepage. The person has no clue what to do. They have no clue what to read. And as the owner, you know, we know what's on the website. So when we look at it, we're like, oh, yeah, man, this is great. It all makes sense. Like, it all flows well. It doesn't. It, most of the time, it never flows right to a user. So pick your one to three objectives, your top objectives, and, like, that's all you should focus on on your homepage. And then give people the ability to dig deeper into – you know, into the site if they choose to do so, but just make it super simple and super clear. So when we, when we take on a new client, a lot of times when we start building the website, we'll say, okay, cool. Here's everything that's on your homepage. Now get rid of 50% of this. And you know, they freak out and they're like, Oh my gosh, I can never do that. Like then nobody's going to know what we do and I can't tell my story. And so we battle through that. They finally get rid of 50% and then we come back and say, okay, cool. Get rid of another 50%. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point they really freak out and they're, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to fire you. But, uh, no, but what it does is most of the time you can't get rid of another 50%, but that question makes you go back and look and say, uh, you know what? I could probably get rid of this. Like, it's not really important. I can put that deeper into the site. So clean and simple, like what value are you going to deliver to them? And make it clean and simple on the homepage, and make that call to action really. Do you clean think and you should have pop-ups? Should what do you think on having a pop-up right away, like hey, free ebook or whatever? Do you you like that, or what are your views on pop-ups and giving free gifts away and stuff? Yeah, so um, I I I love pop-ups, but they have to be used correctly. So it's not for every person, right? Like, um, give you an example. We work with a lot of home service businesses, like these. You know, these are like plumbers and you know, big, big giant, like plumbing companies, electrical companies, stuff like that. That's not always the best place to use a pop-up. Right. Yeah. Um, but when we start talking about maybe an author or a podcaster or somebody that's doing that type of business, dude, everybody's used to getting a pop-up. So it's, it's okay to have one and dude, pop-ups convert, right? I mean, as annoying as they kind of are sometimes and as afraid I think as people are to put them on our websites because we're like, oh, I don't want to be that like yeah. that guy that's a pop-up. Dude, why do you have the website? What's your objective? If your objective is to get email addresses and downloads, then use a freaking pop-up. Like, it's okay to use them. Um, just use them intelligently. Like, maybe not the second somebody gets to your website, let them scroll a little bit before they see the pop-up um, and just make sure it's a true value add. And it's in line with your objectives. Nice. That's that's some good advice. Um, any other key tips for for marketing for getting your objectives obtained with a website? Um, you know, so besides those things that we just talked about, when you know, as far as building the site and making sure you're adding mm -hmm. value, um, you mentioned content. You know, that you're writing a ton of content and stuff. Content marketing is still awesome. I mean, you've got to put out content for two reasons. One, Google likes it. You're going to rank for more things. Um, and two, people want it. I mean, the only reason people are searching for something is because they want to, they want to read it. They want to consume it. They want to learn about it. You know, you've got to give them valuable content. Otherwise, your site sucks. What kind of platforms do you like to put content on? Like, I mean, I, I do Medium. I do every outlet, basically. But like, what, what are some good ones you think you suggest for people highly urge them to be on? Awesome. So this is a question that I get all the time. People are always like, oh man, like 
I'm on Snapchat and I'm on Twitter and I'm on medium and I'm on this and I blog and I podcast and I do all this and like, I can't keep up with it. So especially if you're kind of starting out with this, just pick one platform that you're really good at. You know, like, let's say for example, that you're already good on Facebook. You already have some followers. Um, you understand the platform, just pick one and get really good at it because you'll gain a lot more traction than trying to do everything. Now, when you get to a point, you know, Brandon, like what you're doing, that's a whole different story, right? Because you have so much content, you've been doing it for a long time. You, you have the capability to manage all that content. Um, I, I like all the ones that you mentioned. I mean, there's no bad platform if your ideal client is on that platform. So, you know, if your, if, if your product or service is for, you know, 13 to 22 year old girls, you should probably be on Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh. You know, they're not really on Facebook anymore. So just pick the platform that where Isn't your that idea is. fascinating because that makes us feel old. Like now the kids, they don't even have Facebook. They have, they have Instagram or they do Snapchat. And I, that amazed me. I'm like somebody, I saw somebody that was like a teenager, maybe college or it was high school. And they said like, yeah, we don't do Facebook. I'm like, what? I'm like, how old am I? I'm only 26. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's fascinating, but Snapchat, um, I love Snapchat, and I've, I mean, found out really how to get it to convert, and how to get more for everything, because, I mean, if you do it right, I mean, it's like having your own reality TV show, um, because you're showing behind the scenes, and you're gaining that trust, and I think marketing, that's a big thing, and like we talked about for content, you have to build trust with your audience, and if you build enough trust, and you add enough value, eventually they'll come to you, and then they'll buy from you. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's the thing. Just, you know, pick platforms that you're good at, pick platforms where your ideal client's hanging out and just add value on it. You know, don't, don't necessarily think about like, what am I going to get out of doing this? Think about what am I going to give out of doing this? What, and then the sales will come What's in. your favorite platform? My, uh, mine is Facebook. I love Facebook. Yeah, Facebook I'm, Live converts. I mean, Facebook's really well. Um, you, you have Snapchat too, right? <clears throat> I do. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> well, mine's BT Adams 18. You'll have to add me afterwards. Um, that's I snap like all the time. I did a couple already this morning, but uh, <clears throat> so I want to jump into personal development. Um, yeah. You know how you said before how you thought the woo woo like all this shit that people said you didn't believe it and weren't too into it, especially Jack Canfield, um, the book he had. Um, what are some of the the books you've read, the personal developments, what you learned from it and how it's really made you uh, more successful in business and how you look at things and how people tick because I'm fascinated. I mean, I interview people for a living. I'm interviewing people every day and it's, it's funny when I meet people, one time a guy said, are you a detective? I just like to ask questions. It's not that I'm nosy. I just want to know about people, what makes them tick and really what they love to do because when you find out what they're passionate about, then they really perk up and they start talking and then you see what makes them drive. And then you can help them figure out for coaching them in their business. So what personal developments, uh, my favorite book, by the way, Thinking Rich by Napoleon Hill, recently uh, very proud of. I, I'm going to be one of the, in the docudrama they're doing, Think, The Legacy of Think or Rich with Barbara Corkin. Uh, we have Lewis Howes and uh, Bob Proctor, Darren Hardy, all these people. I'm in the film with them because I've lived my life by the book, Whatever the Mind Conceives and Believes the Mind Achieves. The mastermind principles, all that. 
Um, so tell me your insight. What are your favorite books? What's your favorite self-development? What have you learned from it and how it helps people in life? Awesome, man. So, um, you, you know, you got one of my favorites, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, yeah, found yeah, just, it. If you have, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you haven't read Think and Grow Rich yet, just go read it. Right. Um, and then read it like 17 more times Yep, <laughs> and you'll get something new every single time. Um, some other ones that kind of, that come to mind. I mean, I, I mentioned the power of focus. That was one of the first ones that I ever read. And I still go back to that one occasionally. Um, so that's a good one, uh, that a lot of people, I, don't, I think probably don't talk about or don't know about. Another one is U squared by Price Pritchett. Have you ever heard of him, Brandon? No, I have U okay. squared by who? Price Pritchett. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Dude, you can read this book and I need to actually sit down and read it. And then so I can really tell people how quickly you can read it. You could probably read the whole book in like an hour, maybe two hours if you're a slow reader. It's like, I don't know, it's got to be like 30 pages. It's super small. Um, so it might take me three hours because I listen to books now. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Dude, and, and I can't even get it. It doesn't even come on Audible. Like, oh. it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's, but you got to read this one. Um, it's, it's all about, uh, here's another one called quantum leap and they're, they're kind of similar, but it's basically like getting through this mindset of like, you have to, you have to do things in an order, right? Like, okay, I'm going to start a business and then I'm going to grow that business and then I'm going to hire somebody and then I'm going to do this. And then, you know, 10 years down the road, I'm going to have, you know, whatever, a million dollars. It's this whole thing about, look, you don't have to do things in these steps just because that's what people have told you. Um, you know, we're power, we're, we're capable of making these quantum leaps if we kind of just get out of our own way. So that, those are two really cool books. Um, and a really cool guy. He kind of reminds me of Bob Proctor. Um, yeah. so yeah, check him out. Uh, you mentioned Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor is, is probably one of my absolute favorite when it comes to like audio programs and just what he teaches. I mean, the whole power of like, you know, everything is energy, everything vibrates, like what's your vibrational frequency? Um, you know, you're attracting what you vibrate like and kind of ties up to like whatever your dominating thought is, is basically what you're becoming or what you're attracting. Yes. And yep. so as an entrepreneur, you know, we, we talk about a lot like, oh yeah, man, my business is growing. I'm getting sales, like I'm working my ass off. But really, at least for me, my self-talk was like, oh shit, like I might fail tomorrow. I might fail on Thursday. Like, what if this client doesn't come through? Like, then we're going to be broke. So Bob Proctor is just phenomenal, man. Like, it, yeah. it, it's the, the power. And I think the number one thing I've noticed in people is they lack self-confidence and belief in their self. And I think the biggest power you can have is really believing. I know it's so cliche, but if you really believe in yourself, it'll show in your work. And then other people will believe in you. And then when other people believe in you, the word spreads. It, the domino effect, and then that's how you reach things. And also stating what you want in life and where you want to go will get you there. I mean, for me, that's how I've been able to do everything, just by telling the world and then just being so confident. And some people may see it as cockiness or overconfidence, but it's really a way for you to convince your mind you can do something. Um, mm -hmm. So what is your – so you talk about – and this is a, a good point to, to touch on um, – you talk about some people, they read all these books and uh, they, they really, maybe this is the right way to do it. This is the right way. And they kind of, they're like, I, I can't stand it. They, they praise, they're always praising other people. Well, find your own book eventually to write, you know? I, I think we all should take different books into consideration 
And I mean, they all kind of go across the board the same things. The, the mindset and really think of your rich, I think, in principles for every, everything in life, every book. But what has been your unique thing that you've done to, to write your own book or to be your own person of success for these principles that you've learned? Yeah, so it's funny. Um, what comes to mind kind of first for me is being confident in myself and my own capabilities, but always looking for how can I lift up somebody else. And so the piece that was missing for me in the beginning was the confidence piece, you know, knowing that I truly was who I kind of said I was and who I wanted to be. So I would always go out and, and I would be that person. I'd be like, oh man, like, look what he's doing. Like, you're doing great. Good job. And, and that got me a lot of good connections. And I learned a lot from a lot of people, but I wasn't truly confident and I didn't truly believe in myself. And then when I started to, when I brought that piece into the equation and knew like, dude, like I deserve this, I'm capable of achieving it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I grew up in a household where, you know, we would drive by a really big house of like, you know, I hate to use attorneys cause I have a lot of great attorney friends, but we drive by this big house and it'd be like, Oh, you know, an attorney lives there. Like, yeah. and it was always this feeling of like, you can only get rich by taking from other people. And so forever and ever, I always had this mindset of like, look, if I get wealthy, I'm taking that money out of somebody else's hands. And then when I flip that around and realize, wait, I deserve this. I'm capable of it. And supply is limitless. I'm not taking from anybody. It, the only way that I'm taking from somebody else is if I'm not fully embracing my own strengths and my own capabilities and I'm not growing as fast as I can. And adding enough value. You know, it's, it's funny. You look at that. It's a couple of things you tweaked. How your mindset is, but also how you communicate, the words you say. You deserve it. You can do something. And a lot of people, they, if they would just change their language, because that really affects the words that you say go to your head. And that's why your communication, if you can keep that consistent with your mindset and everything else, that's how you get to where you want to go. And I, that's why I don't like being around negative people. I mean, it's, it's influenced from who you're around in the mastermind group. And it is the power of positivity. I mean, people like you and I want to surround ourselves with each other so we can get the next step and take knowledge from what you know. I'm already learning from you. You learn from me. So we can go to the next level. So who have been some of the people in your life that have been in your inner circle or mentors you've had that have helped you or a specific incident that have helped you become more successful? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, so some of the people that are kind of my outside circle of influence, meaning I don't really know them, is, is like the Bob Proctors of the world. Yeah. Um, but like people that I've really grown with, I mean, Hal Elrod is a great example. I know we talked a little bit about him uh, before the show, but he wrote a book called The Miracle Morning, which is a phenomenal book. It's like the simplest way to do all the stuff that we know we're supposed to do in the morning. And he put it together in a book and it's like it, it's taken off like wildfire. Um, I think he's in like 18 countries now or something crazy like that. But, um, but Hal has had a huge influence on my life. I mean, when I met Hal, uh, I hired him as a coach because I was like, hey, I, I want to be in his circle. And so that was how I, I, I figured out to do it. And then um, I've met so many other people that have come into my circle of influence since then. I mean, um, John Berghoff, who is the guy that almost single-handedly, obviously not quite, but took Vitamix from like 40 million to 170 million in three years. Um, and so just those types of people that I've met and now I can call friends, 
have, have made a huge impact in my life. I mean, hell, the two of them just a week ago introduced me to Jeff Hoffman, who founded Priceline. Oh, and I got to spend I love like, Jeff. He's a great dude, guy. When did you yeah, see him? It was like two, two or three weeks ago. They, so John Berghoff and, and Scott Lowry, another person who's a, a huge mentor of mine, um, they're, they became personal friends of them. So he came into our little mastermind group. I mean, it's just like a small mastermind. We were just in uh, Ohio for three days. He came in and just and talked to us for like an hour and a half. And then I got to spend, you know, like 20, 30 minutes with him afterwards. It, it was just unbelievable. Isn't he one of the most he, – he was a keynote speaker at one of my – for my event, Young Entrepreneur Convention. And uh, he it tells uh, the greatest stories. You, I literally one time listened to him for two and a half hours talking in a room in front of like 50 people and just told stories. And I didn't realize where time went. And he, uh, I'm actually going to see him next week. I might be golfing with him in a tournament, but he is one of the most genuine, great guys you could ever meet. And he truly wants to help people. I mean, he, he did you know he spends, spent quite a bit of money every year to send 50 people on a ship and travel around the world. And they, they study entrepreneurship and create businesses during that time over the summer. One of my friends is actually going on the, the ship next summer. Um, but a great person. I can't say enough good things about it, but again, people like that, if I say, if you want to be a billionaire, surround yourself with a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, we actually talked about the ship. I, I'm going to, uh, he's going to send me some information. I think I'm going to be a mentor on the ship dude, for a couple days next you, year. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's, you know, if I was younger, I think I would do it, but I, I got so many different things. I don't think I could even, we'll be in season two for a TV show. I'll probably be filming. I don't think maybe I'll fly in and be in for like a week, but I don't know if I could do the whole summer. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do the whole summer. I'm gonna do like maybe seven or ten days or something like that. Uh, so it so obviously it's true to state that I mean you are who you surround yourself with. It's people like Jeff Hoffman, um, your mastermind group, because these are the people that help you. I always say I want to be the dumbest guy in the room because I want to mm -hmm. learn from people. So what would be to end off here before we get going? Um, what is your top tips for young entrepreneurs out there? Everything you learned because I'm, I'm looking at the story that we went through when you were younger, you went through different businesses, you lack confidence. And as you went through your personal development, I see where you really got confidence back, which helped you in your success of your business. So looking back in time and what you've learned, what advice do you give to other young entrepreneurs out there that are looking to do their own business or go after their own endeavor? Yeah, I mean, a, a couple things um, come to mind here. Uh, clarity is a big one, right? So a lot of people nowadays, like entre like when I was in college, entrepreneurship wasn't even a, a word, right? And yeah. nowadays it's like, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like if you if if somebody said that in college, like people would be like, what are you talking about, dude? You're freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, but nowadays everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, right? So one of the things that I see is is a, a huge lack of clarity. Like, why do you want to be an entrepreneur? Like, why? What do you really want your business to do for you? So by creating clarity around how you want to live your life and what you want your life to look like, then you can start to create a business around that, right? You know, like I, I, I have a business where I love going into the office and I love, you know, helping my team. Some other people just want to, you know, sit on a beach and sip cocktails all day and have money come in. So make sure that you have clarity around what you actually want your life to be like and then make a business that works around that. Don't create a business and then hustle, you know, 70,000 hours a year and, and then go out and tell your, you know, oh man, you know, I, 
one day I'll do this stuff that I want to do. Like, screw that. Like, make the business work around your life. Um, that's a big one. So get clarity on that from the beginning. And then, you know, just really um, from a confidence level, um, this is kind of how I, I, I earned my confidence or got it back is, you know, we're, we're all only here for a short time. And I mean, a really, really short time. I mean, I'm 36, right? So, you know, I got 10 years on you and I've seen a lot of people leave my life now, especially recently, you know, grandparents and older friends and stuff like that. And life is super short. And I know we hear it all the time, but when you're young, you're like, man, I'm never going to be 45, right? You're going to be 45 before you know it. So live every day as if it's your last, like truly figure out like, okay, what do I want to accomplish today? And don't let anything get in your way of that. Like, don't, don't fuck off. Like, don't slack off. Do things with intention and purpose because nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. None of us. Dude, great advice. You, you spoke <laughs> what I speak every day. Some good stuff here. Where can people find you if they need your services for doing a website um, or just to get a hold of you? Yeah, so um, the web company is sequus, www.sequs.com. Um, I love getting emails from people. If you want to email me, it's just Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at sequus.com. Uh, and then probably like the, the podcast is where like my community talks. So if you want to hang out with other people kind of like us, um, you can check out our Facebook page. It's uh, for the podcast is Business Revolution. It's bizrevolution.com forward slash Facebook. Check out the podcast show. I know I'm going to be coming on it here soon. I'm excited yes. and uh, to talk to your audience. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been interesting just hearing your story, everything you've done, and congrats on all your success. And uh, you know what time it is, everybody. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show with Stephen Christopher. I had a lot of fun hearing his story, seeing the transition he went through, and how it really allowed him to become successful. And it, it's, it's good insight to take. I mean, you should be developing or at least investing in yourself in the form of books, in the form of who you hang around, your mastermind group, and just continuously learning. And for me personally, what I see in what he, his story, that's what was the thing that made him change to become very successful. He started reading the books. He started uh, investing in himself. He started surrounding himself with the right kind of people. For you, that's what you've got to do to have success. You can check out the, the notes at brandtadams.com to learn more about everything we had on the show. And if you haven't done so already, please add me on Snapchat, btadams18. I say it every time. I want you all to add me, btadams18. I give you behind the scenes. I always talk about some crazy stuff show you my life and uh, about to see some more crazy stuff coming up. So that's it for today's show, everybody. Go out there, create something great and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Bernie C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>